0: Welcome to a brand new edition of You Ones. I'm Omar Moore. Watford fall at home to Bristol City on Boxing Day. Too much turkey and too much stuffing as the Robins knock off the Hornets at the Vic. I'll also be talking about Imran Loser. And where his future lies, it is, hint, not at Vicarage Road. All of that coming up next on You... Welcome, welcome, hello, one and all fellow Watford supporters. Thank you very much indeed for joining me here. My name is Omar on a brand new edition of the Yawns Watford FC podcast. It's great to have you aboard. Thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you indeed. I do not thank Watford FC, at least the team. I do not thank for their performance on Boxing Day. It was a very difficult game for Watford And really, again, a lot of the times when Watford don't win games or when Watford lose games, let me be more precise about it, it is due to their own doing. That's not to take credit away from their opponents, but there are a lot of self-inflicted wounds that the Hornets make for themselves and other teams take complete advantage of it. And that was the case on Boxing Day this past um, couple of days against a Bristol City side that had a new manager and for almost 2 months now Liam Manning has been at the helm at Bristol City after the departure of Nigel Pearson when Bristol City had lost 5 of its 7 championship games at that point that in the last 7 that they had played I should say and it was it for that was it for Mr Pearson of course who was formerly a manager at Watford you may remember in the Premier League a few seasons back But this was a new regime and a team that had a lot more energy and spark to it. And they proved that on Tuesday against the Watford side who looked like they were still trying to digest the Christmas turkey that they had eaten. And I think the stuffing got in the way. And they had the stuffing knocked out of them in this game by a Bristol City side that looked faster, hungrier and much more lively on the ball than Watford did. Now Watford did make some changes to their lineup and it's not a surprise that you would do that when you had just played a game three days before that would have been on the previous Saturday. That was a 2-1 win at Blackburn and Watford did not in truth play very well in that game. It was an inspired second half spearheaded by Yasser Espria, that helped Watford on their way to a comfort behind victory. But what we saw in this game against Bristol City was a Watford side that never really got out of bed. And again, there's going to be games like this. It's not to make excuses for Watford players. It's just that there are going to be games during the season, whenever they are coming, whether it's during this festive Christmas holiday period where you're going to have four games in 11 days, which I think is what Watford have, or whether it's in a game sometime outside of that period, you're going to have maybe three or four, maybe five games in the season where Watford just don't have it. And any football team just doesn't have it. Now, Watford have had a couple of those games, let's be fair. They've had about three or four of those games in the earlier part of this season. But this was the first game of the second half of the campaign. And going into this game, Watford were in 8th position because Preston earlier in the day had defeated Leeds by a score of 2 goals to 1. And that Preston victory put Watford in 8th place. Watford had started out in 7th before that game had been played. But by the time Watford kicked off, they were in 8th. And then you had what you had. Watford just did not get out the traps in this game. And the four changes among them being made in this game, Sierra Alta coming in instead of... Porteous in that, that back four uh, next to Wesley Hunt, And there were other changes in the lineup as well. But the bottom line is, is that Watford just did not have it on the day. And look, Watford, I can tell you, certainly, um, let me tell you this. Watford certainly um, just did not move the ball quickly enough in this game. They just did not move the ball quickly enough and you could see it from the opening that they just were not moving the ball quickly and I just did not see the same kind of energy and commitment that you usually see from Watford so we will see how things shake out now Bristol City got on the board first and they scored just before the half hour mark to make it one nil to Bristol City and it was deserved I think Bristol City um, if you look at their style of play They like to keep the ball. They love to have control of the ball, possession of the ball. And they like to lull their opponents into a a false uh, sense of security and lull them to sleep, really. And so Watford, I think, were lulled to sleep a lot by Bristol City. And they looked really good. Uh, Easy on the eye. They like possession-based football. They move the ball quickly. And they like to cut through the middle of the midfield of opponents. And that's what they were doing a lot to Watford. I thought the balance was not quite right in midfield. I didn't see the same kind of pace in midfield, particularly in the first half of the game, where I thought that Bristol City overran Watford at times. And defensively, Watford looked very vulnerable again. You know, this is the issue that we've had all season with Watford and defence. and They have been very shaky. Now, they have... There have been times where they've been better defensively. But even in the games that Watford have been winning, they have a really bad habit of conceding first. And that can change a whole mindset for, from a team, for a team, and of a team when you concede first. It's simple as. And so Watford conceding first in these games is a real problem because it just means they have to change their game plan earlier than they'd want to. And it just puts more pressure on the team to come back with a result. And you cannot keep coming back from one goal or two goals down to win games. It just won't happen in any league. I don't care what league you play in. If you continue to concede the first goal or concede the first two goals in a game, you are going to find it very hard to get three points. And it happens all the time now with Watford. It seems like the last three or four games they've played, they have conceded the first goal in the game. It happened on Saturday at Blackburn. It happened the week before that against Preston. It happened the week before that against Southampton. I mean, that's now, if I if I just count them off, that's four consecutive games, including the Bristol city game where Watford have conceded first. And so that is not a good recipe for success. And of course, remember the game against Ipswich, Watford actually did score first and they still lost that game and that's maybe the only game this season I can think of maybe there's one other, where Watford have scored first and ended up losing the bottom line is is that Watford now, in a lot of these games um, certainly the last three in a row, and the the game against Southampton um, so that's really four of the last five not four in a row, but four of the last five where Watford have conceded first and You won't get away with that in this league for very long. So what Watford have to do is tighten up their defending and tighten up their team defense. And what happens, I think, in situations like this with Watford is it's not one defender. Yes, there have been cases where certain players have not closed down tightly enough, but I think it's a team defense that is the issue. It's when players are not defending together as a block, when players are not defending together as a team, when players are leaving the back post open, when players are letting their markers go, when players are not taking uh, paying attention to what's behind them, as a defender, you've got to be aware of those things. Situational awareness is very important, and not only that, you have to be aware that your teammates are aware. So if you see someone that's not looking around or not active, you need to be a leader and point a shout out to them. Say, "Hey, watch this man here." It 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 has to happen. You, obviously you're at a disadvantage as a defending team because you're defending with you're back to goal. So you are at a natural disadvantage as the team attacking you is facing your goal. So understood, that is very clear. But what needs to happen more, I think in these moments when you have defenders defending is there needs to be more communication. Now, I'm not saying that they don't communicate at all. What I am saying is, is there needs to be more communication. And there needs to be much more awareness of uh, runners who are peeling off. You cannot leave uh, uncontested shots. You cannot leave markers. You cannot leave people that you're marking. You cannot leave them. And I think one thing is you've got to keep the play. I think Watford need to do this a lot better. And they've not done it well lately. You've got to keep the ball ...on the outside edge of the pitch. What I mean by that is when your attacker is attacking... ...you do not want your attacker to switch to the inside and come inside... ...because that's where all the uh, mistakes happen. They usually don't happen on the wings. They usually happen in the middle of the pitch. Now, sometimes they happen on the wings when you're not closing down... ...but I mean when you're not defending your box... ...and defending that area in the middle of the box... That's usually where the issues are, and that's usually where the trouble can be. And so Watford have to be much more cognizant of the situational awareness, I think, with defending. Bristol City caught them out with both of those goals. in the first one in that first half, I thought Ben Hamer perhaps could have got a hand too, but it just went right past them. The ball was shot from right down the middle of the 18-yard box, and they're like maybe 12 yards out. And it kind of just skidded right past everyone, including Hamer. And um, that ball was in the back of the net. Now, the game that the weekend, Ben Hamer admitted that he made a mistake on the first goal that Blackburn scored. The only goal they scored, which was a really tight angle, really well taken shot and finish but the defending was not there. It's not Ben Hamer's fault there. It's the defending. The defending has to be better in that situation. And there needs to be a lot more communication. I think that that's where some of this is coming down to for me as far as Watford are concerned defensively. And then the second goal was unforgivable. Right on the stroke of half time, Bristol City get the goal, uh, an own goal from Wesley Hood. Um, agonizing stuff and it's the second time he scored an own goal this season for Watford now look Wesley Hurt's worked very hard this season he's been very good he's made a couple of mistakes one of which cost Watford a game against Ipswich cost him all three points there he's one year game with an excellent what's going to be go, go down as goal of the season not just in Watford but you know, clearly in the EFL Um, with the shot against uh, against uh, Hull City in that tremendous game there they ended up winning this game um he just was not on it quite as much. He made some good plays in the game, but he made a mistake with the goal and the own goal there. And that really hurt Watford going into the break down 0-2, 0-2, as opposed to down one, you know, nil-1. Uh 1-0 down is a lot easier, obviously. But the bottom line is Watford conceding these goals first hurts them, hurts them really, really dearly, and it did in this game. 2-0 at the break. And then Watford got a goal through Georgie's subs were made at halftime, just as they were in the Blackburn game. Georgie came up with a really bundle of energy. I'm much more in favor of Georgie coming off the bench. and Some Watford fans have asked whether or not Georgie should start. I think he should come off the bench. He is a lot, lot better coming off the bench than starting. And he came off the bench and scored his first Watford goal. So now we've got at least eight different goal scorers for Watford in this men's first team this season off the top of my head. And so good to see Georgia get his goal. But what it was not what was not good to see was within half a minute, um, Bristol City reclaimed a two goal advantage and restored that. And that hurt Watford as well. Those are the two moments that hurt Watford the most in this game. The goal at half time, and then the goal literally. 20 to 30 seconds after the one Georgie scored early in the second half. That really knocked the stuffing out of Watford there. And so it was really a question at this point of whether Watford would get the next goal or whether Bristol City would. And at 3-1 down, Watford tried. Watford had a lot of industry in that second half. I thought that uh, Espria was a really hardworking live wire. I thought he brought a lot of energy and creativity, as he does. And there was maybe one or two other players who tried Georgie had had the energy as I talked about. But generally speaking, this Watford team were not at the races at all on Tuesday on that boxing day at the VIC. And you could tell they had a boxing day, they had a Christmas hangover. And you could tell by the way that they were playing the game. Um, They weren't moving the ball quickly enough. Um, They did not have the zip and energy. They didn't have that kind of relentlessness and cutting edge that you see and it wasn't a matter of end product. It was a matter of just not having the energy levels. I just don't think the Watford energy levels are very good in this game. And I think that when you've got a team that you are playing at home and you haven't played at home for just over a week, maybe two weeks, whatever it is, and then you've come up against a team like this the day after Christmas, you have to be on it from the word go and Watford were not on it from the word go. They were absolutely asleep at the wheel never got out of uh, first gear, never got out of uh, park, really. Um, And they just stayed where they were while Bristol City ascended the heights Got the win. They got a fourth goal. Andy Viman, the former Watford man, uh, punishing his uh, former team with a goal. Uh, it's a really sloppy goal again. Watford were very sloppy in this game. That's another thing. It wasn't just the defensive errors, it was the giveaways. Giving away the ball in their final third, giving away the ball in midfield, giving the ball away everywhere. And it led to a lot of transition from Bristol City. And Watford are really lucky that Bristol City didn't score more goals. Ben Hamer made some really solid saves in that second half to keep Bristol City from scoring more than the three that they had at that time. But they did get that fourth, as I said, through Andy Viman, who's been around uh, for a long time now in football. And he's played for a number of teams, including Watford, including Aston Villa, and of course here for the Robins. And he absolutely celebrated in front of the fans. He didn't care about being uh, scoring against a former team and I think he was a lone player at Watford when he came. Um, but the bottom line is he celebrated wildly in front of the Bristol City fans who were well rewarded and well, for their travels um, to Watford. And so unfortunately for Watford, it was not the kind of game that, um, that they wanted after building some momentum with those consecutive away wins. So uh, Watford have to go back to the drawing board now for the game on Friday against Stoke City at the Vic. It will be the last game of 2023 before the calendar turns, of course, to the brand new year. And on January 1st, Watford will be playing Plymouth Argyle. That will be away. But we'll look ahead to that when the time comes. It's uh, obviously a game that, Watford hopefully will be ready for. But they'll have to be ready for this Friday game against Stoke City. A team, by the way, that they need to get some revenge against. And Stoke City, of course, one of those teams who have beaten Watford this season. That was a 1-0 defeat for Watford back in August. Watford, that was at the bet 3-6-5. And Watford will be looking to avenge that defeat this coming Friday against Stoke City. So final score again from the big on Boxing Day was Watford one Bristol City 4, not the kind of game that any Watford fan or Watford player will be remembering uh, anytime soon. I think that one has probably already been flushed out of the system by uh, pretty much all the Watford players. And I I think the fan base has pretty much forgotten it too. I might be one of the few who has not yet forgotten it. But there are going to be games like this. There are going to be games when the football team that we love is just not on top of it. Not on top of it. Now, it's Valish Mal's job, and it's the coaching staff's job to get these players ready, get them in the mental frame of mind, to get them in uh, playing shape, game shape, uh, you know, mentality shape, if you will, to play these matches. And it's a tough grind. The championship's extraordinarily difficult. It's a very difficult league to get out of. You know, you've got 46 games you're playing. You had the festive period where you're playing four or five games in just over a week and a half. That's not easy to do, and you've got to keep your en- energy level up. Up and your intensity level has to stay up. And in these last two games, Watford's intensity level has not been there. Even in the game against Blackburn, except for you know the second half of you know second half of the second half in that game, Watford's energy levels have not been good these last two games. There, I should say, their intensity, their intensity has not been good, off the ball or on it. And so I think that Watford are going to have to concentrate on bringing that intensity level back, which I think they've missed here the last two games. It was definitely on at Preston, but the game at, Br- at Blackburn, they did not have the levels intensity-wise. They, they had persistence and they had character, and that will take you through a lot of these games, and they got a the win, a really impressive win, very pleasing win, of course, against Blackburn to come from behind in the manner that they did. And this game against Bristol City, they just did not have the intensity at all. And when you're moving the ball slowly, That's a pretty good indicator of where Watford are. You can usually tell. It's not always a hard and fast rule, but you can often tell the kind of Watford you're going to see based on how quickly or slowly they're moving the ball. If they're moving the ball slowly, you're getting a team that's going to play to the level of their opposition, that's going to play the game plan of their opposition. If you're seeing a Watford team who are moving the ball a lot quicker and a lot more controlled movement. You're gonna see a Watford who are up for it. I, I'm, I'm beginning to notice this as a pattern, and it's been going on for a long time, but I, I can see how that works. And it doesn't mean that they're always gonna win those games where they're moving the ball quicker. It just means that you're going to get a different type of effort and a different kind of tempo. And the thing in this game, as I tie up a bow, put a bow on this one, uh, is that Watford never really established themselves in the game. I mean, it's one thing to move the ball slowly, but when you never establish yourself in the game, you never get a foothold in the game. You never come to grips with the game. When you never get into the game and get your hooks into the game, You're never going to be in the contest. And that's exactly why Watford lost this game, apart from the fact that, of course, Bristol City was so good, is that Watford never got their hooks into the game. They never, ever got established. And when you don't get established in a game in the first 15, 20 minutes or so, you are going to be on the outside looking in. You're going to be a literal spectator. And for a large part of this game, large periods of this game, Watford were spectators on that pitch against Bristol City. That's pretty much all there is to say about Bristol City um, winning this game, or Watford not winning the game, I should say. That's pretty much all you have to say about it. Watford in 10th place now to start the second half of their season. They are still two points off the playoffs, and their goal difference is not bad. It's plus six. Sunderland in sixth place, they're at plus six as well. So, it's not a tremendous, tremendous setback for Watford at all. As I said, they're still doing very well. And they're still within shouts of the playoffs. And there's still lots of football left. And of course, there's a game this coming Friday against Stoke City. The last one of 2023, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. So you flush this one out the system. You adjust, learn from the mistakes you made. Hopefully that Watford will do that. Hopefully they will. They probably have watched the film sessions and they're probably, I'm sure, training and getting ready for this game against Stoke City this coming Friday. But for the rest of us, we'll just flush this one out of our system. It's one of those kinds of games that happens. But Watford, though, cannot afford to keep doing this. They cannot afford to keep conceding first and they cannot afford to not be switched on defensively. As a team, not just as individuals, but as a team. They need to defend as a team better. And in these last few games... They've not done enough of that at all. When I come back, speaking of uh, being switched off, I'll be talking about Imran loser. Welcome back to this brand new edition of Yawns. I'm Omar Moore. I've talked about Watford versus Bristol City, a game that we can now flush away and move on from. Watford, by the way, have not won in any of their last three home matches the defeat to Bristol City and, of course, previous to that, the home defeat to uh, Ipswich, so that's two consecutive home defeats in the championship for the first time in a few years. And before that, of course, the 1-1 draw against Southampton at the Vic. So those three games Watford, of course, did not win any of, but they'll look to put things right this coming Friday against Stoke City at the Vic. And speaking of uh, things like putting things right, I think that Watford and Imran loser uh, will be putting things right in January. And I'm beginning to think now, That Imran loser is not only not going to be part of the Watford landscape for the foreseeable future. That's obvious. He's not even on the bench anymore in a load of these games now. He is going to be a thing of the past at Watford. And it's a sad thing in some ways because this player had so much upside for Watford in this men's first team. During the time that Watford were in the Premier League, he had been often one of the key players on the pitch, had been performing very well, had sometimes been the only player on the pitch uh, when Watford were in um, the Premier League, particularly this last time out, um, who was really fighting. Remember, we will always remember this against Arsenal when Roy Hodgson (coughs) uh, was our manager at the time, was the manager, and... uh, in round loser was flying into tackles in a game where Watford were losing. fought hard against Arsenal but ultimately lost at the Vic. You may remember that game, and loser was the best player on the pitch for Watford. He was flying into tackles. He was trying to get you know his his flying in at Lacazette. Fouled, you know trying to you know this guy was all over the place in the midfield, and Roy Hodgson had the temerity to take him off the pitch to sub him off, and of course. Hodgson was met with a round of boos, and the the infamous post match press conference, the uh, post match comments, where he talked about Roy Hodgson did about oh a fan's favourite in you know, a very derisive and condescending remarks from Roy Hodgson, and boy are we glad that he's no longer the manager at this club that we love, um, but the whole point of me bringing all that up is that Roy Hodgson was really diminishing someone who actually was very good at Watford when he was playing football and his head was in the right place, uh, for lack of a better word. But right now, flash forward a couple of seasons... And Imran loser, apart from what he did on the opening day of the season, I think he scored one of the goals, he set up a goal, and he was the man of the match, by the way, that day against Queen's Park Rangers. It seemed like a galaxy ago that game, Watford 4, QPR 0. And I say a galaxy, not in terms of Watford, a galaxy in terms of Imran loser. It seemed like a galaxy ago that game for him. He set up a goal and the pass that led to TDB's goal, the assist to TDB after, what, 33 seconds or whatever it was, and then he scored a goal of his own, all four goals in the the first half of the game. But since then, apart from an assist to Rajovic in the game against Millwall that Watford came from behind to get a point in, Imran Luzer has not been heard from. He has not been heard from. He has been very quiet when he's played some of these games, um, you you do not notice him on the pitch. And so fundamentally, something is going on with Imran loser. Of course, he had the discipline issues. Two or three times he's been disciplined by Val Ishmael. And I don't know what he does at training, but he's no longer in the rotation. He's no longer in the manager's rotation. And when you're not on the substitute's bench, that is a pretty good... And you're healthy and you're not injured. You're healthy. That's a pretty good indication that you are not only on the outside looking in, but you are probably going to be looking for a move out of Vicarage Road. Because if Imran Luz were injured, it would be understood why he wouldn't be on the bench. But he's healthy, he's been in training, and he's not even on the manager's bench for these games. So he's not even a substitute. And if you're left off the team sheet completely, yeah, there's every chance that you are not only in the manager's doghouse, but you are on a one-way ticket out of Vicarage Road and off to your next football team. And I think that that's very, very clear. There's been actually some reporting from Mr. Andrew French at the Watford Observer lately where there's been some really strange things going on with him around the loser. And social media posts that he puts out Having ban having banter with the fans now you like you know well if you're a footballer that fans some fans are going to say the silliest things some fans want attention um, so they want to get attention by getting um, getting a response from players and the worst thing a player can do is get into it with a fan on social media it's one of the worst not the worst but one of the one of the things you really don't want to do. As a footballer, whether you're on the bench or not on the bench as a professional footballer is to get into back and forth with fans. It just does not end well. It just doesn't. And your mental energy and focus, which should be on the match, even if you're not playing it, even if you're not on the bench, your mental focus should be the match and and your teammates and committing to focusing on on being around your teammates on match day. Not going back and forth with some fans on social media. That is a first sign of trouble. Which tells me that Imran loses head is not in the game. His head is not in the game. Certainly not in the game of football. But let me be more specific than that. His head is not in the game at the Vic. His head is not with Watford. It's very clear that he wants out at Watford. And you don't have to see statements on social media. He hasn't made any yet. There have been reports, again, from um, Andrew French talking about the fact that he's been liking posts on social media um, that are, you know, basically in accord of him leaving the club, um, going to some club, you know, in France, Nantes or wherever. And the thing is, is that that alone tells you where his mindset is. You know, he's a veteran footballer now. I mean, he's one of the more senior players at Watford. And instead of doing back and forth with fans, he needs to be supporting his teammates and doing the things you do. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't support his teammates during training. I don't know what goes on in training with Imran loser. I'm not there to see the training. But what I can say is, is that you can't be supporting your teammates when you're not there on the bench. And you can't be supporting your teammates when you are getting into back and forths with fans. I mean, it's just, you've got to leave that social media stuff alone. And a lot of players know how to do it. Some players don't. Um, you, you, you do take a look at it. Of course, when you're winning the games, you post stuff out there and put it out there. But when you're not going well or if you're not playing, it's just sensible to just leave social media stuff alone. It's just not good. It's a very toxic thing. And Imran loser hasn't played a game now in maybe at least three weeks, if not more. Um, Watford really need to now move and cut bait, shall we say, with Imran loser. Um, again, the discipline issues are there. He doesn't, you can tell he's not enjoying his football. Um, His whole demeanor on the pitch when he has played has not been very good. Has not been very positive at all. He is somebody who is looking to move on, I think. And I think Watford need to move on uh, from him as well. And as I said, it's a shame. I think there's some potential with loser. He played some good football with Watford when he was engaged in the games, when his head was in the game. And, you know, look, he had these two massive setbacks. I do not know how much that has contributed psychologically to him um, not being in the game, not being in it. But quite frankly, though, um, that should not be an excuse because there are players who've come back from injuries, quite frankly, a lot worse than in-round losers. And he had two really horrific and really bad injuries for Watford. One of them, he had just come back from the previous one. And he got injured again. Um, it doesn't matter what the case is. Usually... You know, if you are a professional footballer, then you have to behave as a professional. And when things aren't going right for you, you cannot permeate a clubhouse with your sulking. Because if you sulk as a footballer, that can become really toxic in a clubhouse and a dressing room real quick. It will take two nanoseconds, like a wildfire, like a brush fire, um, for that to happen. You know, it will permeate a clubhouse. People start to get negative. It drags the team energy down, the morale down. It's not good for your club. And I think Imran loser. and as I said, I don't know what the issues are with him, but clearly now he is not a part of this Watford squad. I mean, let's be honest. Let's just call it as it is. He's not played a game in in weeks. Um, He is not somebody who has even been on the, subs bench in several weeks so that tells me that next month which is around the corner now next month Imran Loser will be a goner from the Vic. I think he will be on his way out he'll pack his bags and quite frankly you know I think it's for the best I think it's for the best I think Imran um does not have a way back at Watford there are midfielders ahead of him I think the tell will be in January I predict Watford will get another midfielder And look, they don't have a whole lot of of wiggle room. But I do think that Watford will get an additional midfielder in here in January. um, Defensively and central defensively wise to help Livermore. And I just think that the Imran losers days are over at Watford. I don't think you'll see him play another game of football at Watford unless there is an injury, God forbid, to some of the other players or one of the other players. But I don't think you're going to see anything more uh, from Imran loser uh, in a Watford shirt. Quite frankly, that's really my prediction. We'll see if I'm right or if I'm wrong. But I think Imran loser has played his last game of football for Watford. As far as uh, he and the vacant Watford are concerned, I think that's it for him. And I just think the team need to move on from him. And sometimes you just have to make those kinds of business decisions. It's business. It's you know, it's an issue of. Um, what the manager wants, what the club looks like, what the shape of the team is. He doesn't have a way back in this rotation. You've got Kayembe and Kone and you've got Livermore. And sometimes you've got Sierra Alta in that holding position as well. And I do think that Watford will get someone else in. And I think their biggest needs are... I think, quite frankly, a midfielder, central defensive to help out with Livermore being there, of course. And I also think they need uh, one more player up top to just really shake things up. Um, uh, Even though there's some good goal scoring going on between um, the three strikers, I think they need one more striker. I think they do. And I also think that they need another right back or even another left back as well. Now that you've got Jamal Lewis, who was injured in the game against Bristol city. I didn't mention that, but he was. Um, and apparently the reports are that it's not looking good for him. So he may be out for a prolonged spell uh, apparently a hamstring injury for him. So that's another thing. Um, you've got injuries now to your left back and your right back, Jeremy and Gaki, of course, who's played so well this season, um, had a really good season so far before, before this injury. And now he's, out uh, till at least the end of January, perhaps, who knows. But he's been out for a while now. He had this ankle, the uh, the surgery on his ankle, I believe it was, or wherever the surgery was. But he will be back um, sometime in the new year, if not in January. Certainly, I would say in February, but um, that will take some time. But now Jamal Lewis is out. James Morris is not factoring into these games. And what you're seeing now is the manager put... um, Ken Semmer in the left back, which is where I'm sure he'll be on Friday. And then he's sticking Martins up top on the left side. But listen, I just want to close it up on him Around Loser. And look, Loser again, you know, he had some good games at Watford, but it's time to move on from him. You know, he you have to be a professional in these situations. And yes, he, he definitely um, had a really rough time with these two injuries, but you I should say but I shouldn't say but. I should say and and you have to keep persevering uh, life is very very difficult as it is and then when you're a professional footballer when you have these two massive injuries that loser had and you work so hard both times to come back and then you get injured again it's it's a very difficult thing these things are difficult um and it's a real test of your mental fortitude your character it, it tests your character tests your mentality and tests your mental health quite frankly to, to get injured, come off of a long layoff, and then get injured again, that's a huge test, not just for your physical well-being, but for your mental well-being. And I don't think that Imran loser, whether he is reacting to that or not, I don't know. But I don't think Imran loser has come through this really well. Um, and um, even though he had a really good start to the season, I thought he was terrific in those first two games, excellent in the game against uh, QPR particularly. But he just completely just went off the boil, And then when you start to hear about these discipline issues, and then he's he's not on the bench, and then it begins to snowball. Then you hear these reports from Andrew French in the Watford Observer and social media posts during the game yesterday. I mean, when you're playing a game, when your team, I don't care that you're not on the bench. When your team is in action, whether they're at the Vic or they're away from home, and you're on social media posting, you are still a member of this first team, even if you're not in the squad, even if you're not in the rotation. And you have a responsibility to be a professional. Ben Hamer has learned that. Ben Hamer is a football professional, and he's a professional footballer. By the way, those are two different things, right? Right? You may think those are the same thing, but they're not. It's one thing to be a professional footballer, to play football professionally, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are a professional in terms of the way you behave on and off the pitch. Ben Hamer has learned that team comes first. And Ben Hamer has learned to accede to that axiom. He is now the staple in goal for Watford. Imran loser, on the other hand, has not learned this. And as a result, Imran Luzer is not playing football at Watford Football Club anymore. As a result, he will be off and bags packed. I predict it will be next month. He will be off and gone from the Vic, and it's you know, again, I think that Val Ishmael's done a really good job at Watford. I know there are a lot of Watford fans, including myself, who were skeptical, some were much more worse than skeptical uh, about, Imran, about Imran, about Val Ishmael. Um, but look, the bottom line here is that this football team, this football club needs to and is in a process of trying to find itself again. I do believe that. And if players don't want to be here, they've got to go. And for me, Imran Luza does not want to be here. You cannot be on social media posting things during the game. That you cannot be doing. And isn't that a violation of the social media policy for Watford? Isn't that one of their rules? I don't know. Isn't that a rule when you're a football player anywhere, You whether you're playing the game or not? You can't be on social media during the game while you're... T- I mean, that's just ridiculous. And if that is not a policy at Watford, it should be. Whether you're playing the game or not, and you are at the VIC, or even if you're not at the VIC, you should not be social media posting during these games when your teammates are out there playing. I don't care who you are. Now, you may agree with that for the Watford supporter, or you may see it differently. But that's part of the footballing professionalism that Imran Luza is lacking. And he needs to change his attitude and adjust accordingly. And I'm not saying this for the sake of saying it for Watford. I'm saying it for the sake of his career and his mentality in general in life. Because whichever club he ends up at next, and there will be a club he goes to, whether it's in January or at the end of this season, When the season's over, whichever club that will be that he will find himself at, he will need to park the attitude that he has currently and start to dial up a new one. Imran Luzer is someone who often played with professionalism and a sense of leadership at Watford. But those days are gone. And I think that you will see Imran Luzer packing his bags from here. Very very soon, in short order. When I come back, one final word about Watford. Welcome back to this brand new edition of Yawns and Watford fans. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this podcast. Really appreciate your support, by the way. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Don't forget it's available on Apple and Spotify and numerous other platforms. The social media handle is WFC on both Twitter and on Instagram. And subscribe, won't you please, to the Yawns WFC YouTube channel. Really appreciate that. Thank you very much indeed. And before... I say goodbye on this episode. I wanted to just say one or two other quick things as far as Watford are concerned. Of course, the last game of 2023 will be this coming Friday against Stoke City at Vicarage Road. And Watford, uh, I think, would be well advised to come out with a lot of energy and urgency in that particular game and get three points against the Stoke City side, who certainly will be looking to get some points and try to do the double over Watford. So Watford uh, really need to get out there and score early, obviously, in the game this coming uh, Friday. But I think what we're looking at now with this Watford side is a team that has found consistency despite this game against Bristol City. In fact, this is the first game I can remember Since the game against Sunderland, the infamous game when Sunderland beat Watford 2-0, but it felt like 6-0, where Watford just weren't in the game from start to finish. I think that this is the first time this Bristol Rovers, excuse me, Bristol City game. Oh, don't get Bristol Rovers and Bristol City mixed up. Oh, don't do that. (laughs) But this is the first game that I can remember Watford just not turning up at all since the game. Uh, back in October, I think it was, against Sunderland, where ever since that time, where Val Ishmael kept the lads in the dressing room for more than an hour after the end of the game and got every one of them to make a statement as to what happened out there against Sunderland. This is the first time that Watford have not shown up in a game that I can remember for the whole game, not shown up. Now, there have been games where Watford have not shown up for maybe half an hour or not showing up for a half, or not showing up for three quarters of a game, as they did against Blackburn for the most part. Well, they they did play very much better in the second half overall. But generally speaking, this is the first game, this Watford one Bristol City 4 game, where Watford just did not turn up at all. And it's been the first time since that Sunderland game. And I do think the Sunderland game was a big turning point. Has been so far, at least in Watford's season, and will it will remain? It will re. It will re, It will be remained. Oh gosh, I, now I'm trying to even say those words. It remains to be seen, and it shall remain to be seen whether or not we look back at the end of this season on whether or not Sunderland ultimately was the turning point. But right now, it clearly has been because Watford since then have lost just three times in their last fourteen games. Certainly, there's um, no accident to that. And um, one of those losses should have been avoided. That was the game against Ipswich. The other two losses were well-deserved, well-merited losses. The game against Leicester, Watford, were never really in um, until they tried in the second half somewhat. And the game against Bristol City, uh, Watford weren't in at all. So, look, I mean, this this is the kind of thing that happens in these games. The bottom line is is that Watford, I mean, the silver lining out of all of this from this game or from from the season so far is that Watford have found a level of consistency. You know, they have found that. They are a team whose mentality is different. They are a team that has grown together. This men's first team has been growing, has been maturing, has got a mentality and edge to it at times. Seems to have... Um, some togetherness on the pitch, has found an identity, Um, certainly have a mentality, and they have some character. They've built a lot of character over the last two months, especially the last two and a half months plus. Watford have built a lot of character, and the manager's largely responsible for instilling that in them, And obviously, the players have to be given a lot of credit as well for the way they're playing. They're enjoying their football. Most of these players now, all of these players now who are getting regular starts or who are coming off the bench seem to enjoy playing on the pitch together. And that's important. If you don't have that kind of chemistry and cohesion, you will not win football games and you won't enjoy your football, which is why I talk about the need really for Watford to jettison Imran loser, because he can, as I've said before, he can be an albatross in any clubhouse when things are not going well for him or any player. If the player is not going well and the player adopts an attitude of, oh, well, woe is me and I'm going to just bring this thing down like the HMS Titanic, well, you're going to have that result. But if you're a player who is not playing, is not on the team sheet at all, and your attitude is, well, you know what? I'm going to help my teammates. I'm going to give them advice. I'm going to do this in training. I'm going to do that in training. I'm going to give these players um, some of the experiences I've had and tell them where they can improve. Then you've got a teammate that's going to actually be a teammate of real value. But Imran Loser now Now, listen, I don't know the whole story, obviously, but obviously, when you are reacting to people on social media, as I said earlier, you really aren't in the, in the throes of Vicarage Road. You're on your way out. And so the Watford team generally have built some character and cohesion over these last few months and some consistency over these last few months. The only thing that they need, the only couple of things that they need to resolve are, A, the defending situation as a team, not just individually, they need to defend much better as a team in these games. And also, they've got to move the ball faster. I've got to see some quicker ball movement from Watford, they, especially when they're at home. Move the ball faster. Take more chances. Trouble these goalkeepers more. And also, again, the other thing is, clearly the other thing here, is that Watford have got to be much, much more aware of the first few minutes of the game. Come out of the of the uh, dressing room ready to go. Don't wait for your opposition to score the first goal for you to get back in the game. You need to dictate the terms of engagement from the word go. And if Watford do that from the opening whistle, they will start to score these goals first. And not only that, they'll be able to, I think, start to game-manage the game's Um, at home better, because I don't think they've done that particularly well here. Recently, we've seen that, obviously, with this game against Bristol City. We saw that, obviously, with the game against Ipswich as well. So these home games Watford have to perform better in. And I think those things are going to be keys. But Watford have to tidy up these mistakes that they're making, whether it's the game management issues at times. And they've been good in game management for some games this season, but others they've not been. The discipline issue uh, has been less of a factor, but they need to tighten up the discipline because they've had a lack of discipline in a number of games, particularly earlier in the season. And of course, the defensive issues are also uh, something that they need to attack and change. And finally, one other thing, the end product, Watford's end product has to be more precise and it has to be a much more cutting edge. And I do think that, um, when Watford start to finish more, you'll start to see a lot more um, a lot more firepower from Watford, a lot more goals. They scored five against Preston, but I still think even in that game, they could have had more than five goals. Watford could average more than three goals a game if they started to put their shooting boots on and certainly if the end product improved. So we'll see uh, all of that to come, of course. Watford still aren't where I think they should be, and I'm not talking about the position in the table. I'm talking about the way they're playing. They're playing very good football at times, but a lot of times I think they are content to do whatever the other team gives them, you know, and you cannot allow for a game to pers- persist like that where you're taking what the other team gives you. You've got to dictate the terms of the engagement. You've got to throw players forward. You have to, you take chances there because you're going to leave holes at the gap, gaps at the back, holes at the back, and you're going to probably get punished for those but rather take a chance in those situations than have more of what we've seen, more of these self-inflicted wounds that we've seen defensively from Watford in these last few games particularly. So I think the mentality has to be switched on. The mentality has to be right. And I think once that comes back for Watford, I think you'll see a much more stable Watford. But Watford have been generally good, generally improved over these last... uh, 12, 13, 14 games. Obviously, that's the case. They're on a nice run now. It's important to flush this game out and get ready for Stoke coming up on Friday. Those are my final thoughts of this edition of Yawn's Watford FC podcast. I'm Omar Moore. It's a pleasure once again to have you listening. Thank you so very much for your valuable time and listening to this particular episode of the podcast. I'll talk to you again soon, and until then, I'm Omar saying, "Y."